10 of the NFL season in, is in the books, and I don't know about you, AJ. I kind of just want to forget all about what happened in Week 10 based on how both for you and me, the Steelers and Falcons did on Sunday. That was mm. an embarrassing game on both sides. I kind of just want to forget that it even happened. Uh, that that was that was not pretty. That was not a pretty game from my Falcons. And I'll give you the slightest bit of credit. You said that the Lions would be a decent enough streamer this week. I kind of said I would be looking for a new co-host after it happened. And to my <laughs> credit, I wasn't expecting Ben Roethlisberger to get COVID on Saturday night. But how they were playing, I don't care who would have been a quarterback. They likely still would have played that bad. That was rough. So credit where credit's due. You got that call right, and my big tooting the horn of Pat Fryermuth, well, that didn't really work out as well as I would have Oof. hoped, but but we're oh, on the, the week fryer. 11. I'm, yeah, I'm going to just forget that ever happened. In my mind, the Steelers are 5-3, and three, and we don't have a tie in our record. So moving on to week 11, we have a lot of names to talk about. It's not as big of a week. Obviously, the huge injury was to Aaron Jones, but... A.J. Dillon's rostered in too many leagues where he's not worth mentioning. I'll just mention it very briefly. If he's available, you better get him and drop as much fab as drop a good amount of fab on him because he will be pretty viable for the next week or two. But as for week 11, we have still plenty of good names to talk about. Some guys who broke out this week that are interesting, whether stashing, depending on certain injuries. But on the bye weeks, we have the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams. It's a short week. It's another one of those weeks where you likely will be starting your normal guys, but they're still... Plenty of viable fantasy options who are on your bench, including the entire Los Angeles Rams offense. So you'll have to replace them, and we're here to help you do that. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager. AJ is at AJ Passman, and you can find QB list as a whole at VQB list, where you'll see AJ's waiver wire article posted pretty soon after you start listening to this podcast. So do them hand to hand. I don't care, but make sure you check them both out to try and catch up with all the news going on this week. So. On to the names, we'll start off as always, like we do at the running back position, where the first name we're, we're going to talk about is Ramondre Stevenson. With Damian Harris ruled out due to concussion, Ramondre Stevenson had his breakout game. He had 20 carries for 100 yards and even had five targets in the offense. He was very involved and looked really good in Cleveland's blowout of our New England school blowout over Cleveland. So, AJ, how excited are we getting for Ramondre Stevenson, or does this fall into the same thing we talked about throughout the year? But New England's backfield is very confusing and it's tough to predict out a lot of times. Yeah, you know, the the hard thing is, you know, with Damian Harris going through the concussion protocol, it's hard to know when he's going to come back. The reason why I, I would still say Ramondre Stevenson is probably my top uh, waiver priority on the running backs is because they do have a Thursday night game and it is against my Falcons. Um you know, like, like Callan said, they didn't play this past week. Um, so any, any reports to the contrary are not welcomed, but, um, yeah, the, you know, the, the Patriots, you know, officially teams don't officially practice on Monday, but they do report in their injuries. And so, you know, the report was if they had practiced, then Damian Harris would have recorded a, a DNP. So, uh, the fact that it's a short week, the fact that they're going against Atlanta and the fact that Ramondre Stevenson looked incredible, um, you know, to me, it, I would still wait, you know, wait and wait to see if Damian Harris comes back at all, because I do still think it's, it's his backfield. He's kind of the one a, I think the most that we can hope for with Stevenson, that is, is that he's kind of 
that he'll eat into that workload a little bit. I don't see a changing of the guard there. Um, Stevenson is still a rookie. Um, so I don't really see them handing the keys over to him, but you know, at 32% rostered, he's probably available in your league. And on the chance that uh, Damian Harris, just, they sit him out another week because of the short turnaround, then, you know, he, he, he could give you that, that RB one value right away as a, as a spot start. Absolutely. If you saw what Zeke did last week against Falcons and it was a lot, but again, everyone does that against Atlanta. So it's a great matchup. Like you said, keep an eye out for the injury report. You never know how quickly he can clear the concussion protocol and Harris may be back. And even if he does come back, I wonder if they will start using Stevenson a bit more. Well, Harris will still be the number one, but Stevenson gets enough work where he's kind of in that AJ old AJ Dillon type role where he's viable as a a flex in some weeks just because they'll give still give him some work, maybe some goal line touches and still have some value in the offense. As you know, New England likes to mix and match, but absolutely. Ramondre Stevenson is the clear number one this week and you want to take advantage of that. Similarly, we are going to have to take our lumps on this call. We, when Derek Henry was ruled out, all the talk was Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McKnight Nichols. So of course it becomes Deontay Foreman's backfield where last week he, all that was all, all was on in the field for 35% of snaps. He was kind of the lead guy, 11 carries, 30 yards, nothing spectacular, but it's kind of clear watching the game. He is the lead back. So, and he's got a great matchup coming up to Houston. So how excited are we about Foreman? Is this something we need to jump on or is this another super confusing backfield? Well, it's definitely confusing. Um, as, as you already said, you know, it's, was it going to be Peterson or, or McNichols? I do think we said on, on this podcast that we did not really see it being McNichols. He's more of a pass catcher. The question was, you know, what is Adrian Peterson at 36 years old, um, going to look like, and, you know, it, uh, Dante Foreman is, is one of those guys, you know, he, he had that kind of dreaded Achilles injury. Actually, everybody's been kind of watching him to see, you know, if you're a Cam Akers manager in a dynasty format or something, you've been kind of seeing, okay, can can somebody actually come back from an Achilles injury? And Foreman on the field looked by far to be the, the most capable running back. Now, I do still think Adrian Peterson, you know, they're probably still going to trust him with some goal line work. I don't think he's going to, you know, completely lose uh, lose his role there. But I do think that when we're looking at, you know, for the for the remainder of the fantasy season, getting into playoffs, if if Dante Foreman can uh, carve out that role for himself as a lead back, as kind of their um, their most explosive option, then he could be huge for fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson might be a little bit safer with a little bit of a safer floor, but um, for me, Dante Foreman he he's only four percent rostered. And I think he needs to be at least stashed and potentially, um, you know, I, I may even throw him in and throw him into flex um, in week 11 against Houston. I wouldn't hate that call. You look at the snap count. Deontay Foreman was out there for 35%. Adrian Peterson was 33%. And Jeremy Nichols was 27%. So Foreman's getting the lead, lead guy. It's confusing. It's a mess. But when you have a matchup against Houston, you kind of want to get the guy who's going to probably get the touchdown touches. And while it's going to between those two, with Foreman being the lead guy, you and probably being the most effective, Peterson didn't look much better than Foreman this week. So I think they continue to rock, pound the rock with Foreman, and he's the big guy you want in this matchup. So I would agree. I think he's a if he can take over at Henry role and establish himself as the one, 
look out. He could be a very under the radar pickup to lead you through your fantasy playoffs. So I would definitely am looking into him as well. And the final one we want to go into a little bit more of a deep dive in is Jeff Wilson Jr. As we kind of do as a, just a reminder, he's currently 20% rostered. We're recording this prior to Monday Night Football, so we're not sure what the snap mix is going to be with Elijah Mitchell. But on the off chance that he is still in your league, and he's still 20% rostered, and we know how Kyle Shanahan likes to mix his guys. So AJ, talk us into some Jeff Wilson like he'd been the past week or two. Well, this, this is a great chance to... You know, just make this ad for your for your heart's sake. If you're still holding on to Trey Sermon, make that your waiver ad. Add Jeff Wilson to drop Trey Sermon because Trey Sermon is just not a part of this offensive plan anymore. I don't know what he did to Kyle Shanahan, but clearly that third round pick, they decided that he does not have what they're looking for. So the the question is, you know, is the opportunity going to be there for somebody like Jeff Wilson Jr. And we've seen flashes of him in the past. We know that he can he can have these blow up games and if I, I really think that if San Francisco and if the Kyle Shanahan offense, you know, they'd love to have multiple running backs. And I think that this season, they just haven't felt like they have the the personnel for it. But with Jeff Wilson coming back in, then I think that, you know, we might start to see a little bit more of that offensive identity come back to where there's, there's enough, uh, there's enough food at the table for both uh, Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson to eat. And, as we already know, I mean, Elijah, you know, Jermichael Hasty's already out right now. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has been banged up before. Um, so I, I think there's opportunity there for Jeff Wilson um, to, you know, th- I mean, th- there could be weeks where he's the only guy standing in the San Francisco backfield. And that's, that, that's a great spot to be in. So at only 20%, you know, I think that as he's kind of been sitting on IR, waiting, waiting, waiting for him to come off, this was always the timetable. So there hasn't been a setback or anything. And now he's back. Uh, he's active tonight for Monday Night Football. So check out how he does. See kind of what the what the carries are. Expect them to ease ease him into it a little bit. So I don't expect him to dominate the backfield. But let's see what he does with his carries. And he's definitely worth a speculative ad um, as we look towards the end of the season. And I lied. There's actually one more name that I want to go a little bit more in depth at. And that's more a potential names. It's because of Cordell Patterson's injuries. We know he has a sprained ankle and it sounds like he won't be available on Thursday night against New England. Now, this isn't a good matchup. You don't really want to have many pieces of his Atlanta offense right now. But if he does miss, obviously Mike Davis is rostered and he may be the lead guy. Is there any interest in Wayne Gallman as a name to pick up? Or are you just avoiding Atlanta like the plague this week? Well, I don't really have a choice. <laughs> I wish I could avoid them, but they're going to be on my TV. Uh, you know, I I don't want to be thinking about Wayne Gallman, but um, you know, I, I I actually think it would have been really interesting if Cordero Pat- Patterson had stayed healthy, because I do think that that the Falcons and Arthur Smith were starting to phase Mike Davis out of the offense. Now, with Patterson not playing, and again, it's Thursday night; it's against New England. Honestly. I would not feel great. I, I think that you could throw in Gallman as a desperation flex, but I do think there's a really good chance that if Patterson sits, that we're going to see the Falcons at least go back to trying out Mike Davis again, just because he's already been there. And there, there isn't as much of that kind of, you know, weak to try things out because really, I mean, if you look at Gallman's carries, um, you know, he, he took all of the carries in uh, from Mike Davis, just about, um, especially once, once the score got out of hand, I don't think Davis had a, had a carry in the second half. Um, so Wayne Gallman took all of that, 
all of that, uh, all the rushing attempt work. Um, but still, I, I don't like the matchup. I don't think that Gallman is going to be a very big ceiling play. Overall, I'm, I am kind of out on the uh, on the Falcons' offense. I think that there is a potential. I mean, goodness, is it possible for for Matt Ryan and the, the passing attack <laughs> to be that bad two weeks in a row? I hope not. Um, so I, I do think there's a scenario where they could be playing catch up, but uh, I mean, I I, I kind of have Gallman listed as kind of that desperation play. If you if you can't find anybody else, if you if you absolutely need to, then I do think he'll get some work, but I don't have high hopes. Yeah, and you wonder how much of the mix it was because of the blowout. Is Gallman taking over for Davis, or do they just keep Davis out because it was a blowout? And while things may not be different on Thursday, it's a tough matchup. You don't know what the split's going to be. Like you said, they could just go back to Davis because he's more acquainted with the offense. Gallman looked pretty okay, and he had 15 carries, 55 yards, so he, he looked fine, but the matchup isn't great. It's a short week. I would be hesitant, hesitant to pick up either or pick up uh, Gallman or even Davis if he's sitting out there just because we don't know the extent of Patterson's injury. It could just be a one-week thing, and then he's back in week 12. So keep an eye yeah, on that. Adam, if yeah. you want to stash someone, but it's not really the best of plays. And speaking of stashes, is there anybody else that we've kind of glossed over you want to mention as someone you are looking to try and hold on to and stash at this point or have we kind of covered everything at the running back position yeah you know philadelphia's backfield is another interesting one where it's a little bit ambiguous um uh, you know jordan howard has been definitely taking you know a a big part of the of the backfield work um not obviously not any any of the receiving work but there's not a ton of receiving volume to go around anyway but the issue is that miles sanders returns Now, when Miles Sanders went out, the Eagles were running like three times a game. So it seems like they switched up their offensive identity a little bit. And so, you know, if if Boston Scott or Jordan Howard are out there, I wouldn't be investing a lot in there just because I don't see Jordan Howard being all that relevant once Miles Sanders returns. Um, So so that... Overall, I, I, I like some of these other options as, as desperation throws or as, you know, potential stashes. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson looked looked really good uh, this week coming off their bye. Handled, I think, uh, handled all but four of the rushing attempts for the Washington football team. But I still like Jarrett Patterson as a potential stash. Um, you know, that, that shin fracture that Antonio Gibson has is not going to go away. Uh, so he's going to be managing that. And again, depending on how Washington's season folds or sorry unfolds or folds uh toward, toward the end of the season we could see uh patterson getting a little bit more work um and then of course you know eno benjamin with uh our, our little our little favorite one nothing really panned out in week 10 for him um, but i do think you know james connor has, has has not proven that he can stay healthy over a long period of time and with uh chase Edmonds still you know, dealing with that high ankle sprain, I still think that there's some potential for Eno Benjamin to kind of get cycled into the offense. So he would, he'd probably be a stash that I prefer over some of these other players, but, um, but you know, no, n- nobody close to, you know, Ramondre Stevenson or Dante Foreman or Jeff Wilson. Yeah. I do like the idea of getting, Eno. we talked about him last week and the Cardinals do like to use two backs and what they did with Connor and uh, Chase Edmonds. And while Connor's clear number one. We're not saying you know Benjamin's gonna be one. If he can kind of get that Connor role, he did see twenty five percent of the snaps, so nothing great, but it was a blowout, so that's probably not the best game script for him. So it'll be interesting to see what they have to do moving forward. 
So I, I definitely like him as a stash. You're not going to play him right away, but let's see what comes out of it. In Philadelphia with Sanders coming back, I don't have much interest. Like you said, I'm not even going to add anybody else. It's Sanders. And that's kind of it for me. I, I want to see how this plays out before investing. If you want to throw one on your bench in a deep league, just to see if they still are relevant. Fine. Cause Kenneth Gainwell was kind of relevant when early in the season. So I don't know if they go back to Sanders right away, but it's not a great situation for any of them. And real quick for the drops, we've had two guys who we've kind of been wrong on. Jeremy McNichols is one of someone who we were wrong on Tennessee. He's a safe drop at this point, correct? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't see any, I, I don't see any, any fantasy relevance in his range of outcomes, honestly, just as a kind of, really just a, a pass catching back that's going to get really limited work maybe 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 in really deep PP, full ppr leagues but no it, he's he's a safe drop for me and and peterson's almost there i really want to see how down to foreman yeah. um how his workload goes over the next couple of weeks but he's he's right on the borderline for me and i i dropped a, a decent bit of fab on peterson so it hurts to say that yeah, and Khalil Herbert in a similar situation with Chicago. They're coming off the bye, but with Montgomery back, he's as well. You're dropping him for these guys. Yeah, I am. I I, I think that it was really telling, you know, with, with Montgomery coming back. I, I was actually surprised that he came back before the bye. Everybody was kind of assuming that we would just that the Bears would just give him that one extra week of rest. But he came right back into that workhorse workhorse role. And so, you know, if um if you if you are a Montgomery manager, you know, I could see you still stashing Herbert. I got no problem with that. Um, but he really would only see relevance if Montgomery were to go down again, I would think. So let's transition over to the wide receiver position. There's no immediate guy. Finally, our boy Rashad Bateman's over 50%, so we can stop recommending him. We saw right this there. week he's yeah. still, even with Sammy Watkins, worth holding on to. So we don't have to move on to him. So I'm going to do something a little different. There's no one that really stands out. So AJ, I'm not even going to lead you into it. Who's your number one ad for wide receivers? Because this isn't really, nobody really jumped out. That's like a must add in my opinion. So am I wrong on that? Is there someone that's out there you are still looking to, to add and make a clear top priority at the position? Well, the, the, the two players I, I would, I would put at the top would probably be ones coming off of buy. Um, and, and and for that reason, I, th- I think we saw them drop below fifty percent. And so for me, I, you know, actually they're both at forty six percent. So Darnell Mooney of the Bears, um, you know, I think that what we've seen is Justin Fields getting a little bit better. You know, again, it's still not a, a high passing, you know, high volume passing attack or anything like that. But um, but you know, he he brings the potential to um, to have you know uh, decent games. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the word blow up games yet for the bears, but um, I, I like Darnell Mooney. He seems to be the the wide receiver one over Allen Robinson for, for some reason. Uh, he's an explosive player. And then Kadarius Tony of the giants. Uh, again, both of those players are coming off of by, they're both explosive. They're both incredibly talented receivers. Um, so if you need some, some receiver help, um, you know, they're going to kind of be maybe, you know, you, you're hoping that they would get you that kind of wide receiver three, value back and to me that uh they're probably the the top choices for me just because of the potential and you know daniel jones coming back i think they have um some potential with all of their with all their offensive players coming back saquon barkley coming back uh to have a little bit more of a balanced passing attack and it'd be interesting to see if if their offense starts catching on they have a lot of talented skill guys which one would you prefer real quick mooney or tony if you had to pick one 
Oh, rest of season. You know, I, I would probably prefer Tony just because I, I think that he's got a little bit more of that boom potential in, in the Giants offense. I think I'd go Mooney personally just because the Giants offense, they're going to get Galladay back. They're going to get Shepard back. There's going to be more mouths to feed, and then you wonder if Tony's going to be as much of the high upside. I'll take Mooney as a safer player. That's just more of just me. I prefer a little bit more safety, but I can't blame you if you want to go Tony. But both are good names to look into. They're right on that border coming off the bye. So if they're still sitting out there, people may not be looking as much into them. So try to get those on your on your roster. So on to some of the guys who had more of a more active in week 10 and had some interesting weeks. First one we want to talk about is Jamal Agnew. Yes, he didn't have a single catch this week, but he was still targeted five times, was on the field for 76% of snaps, and ran the ball three times for 79 yards and a touchdown. So he's clearly getting a role in this Jacksonville offense. Yes, it's the Jacksonville offense, but do you have interest in Jamal Agnew? I do. I yeah, I, I think there are a lot of receivers to choose from, and so it's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a pick your poison. Um, but you know, at the beginning of the season, uh, Trevor Lawrence was was really targeting Marvin Jones, and that's kind of uh, calmed down a little bit. And it seems like, you know, Jamal Agnew, who was kind of like a almost like a punchline of uh, the receiving core, um, is just showing you know that versatility. They're getting him involved in the in the running game, like you said. Um, I think he's interesting and, you know, I don't know if I'm starting him right away, but again, if, if you have, um, you know, if you're a Robert Woods manager, if you have Cooper cup or Hey, the new, even the newly signed uh, Odell Beckham jr. You know, and you need kind of a spot start Jamal Agnew could, could provide some, um, a, a nice little spark as a, as a little bit of a dart throw there. It's interesting. You were all expecting the Jamal Adams, or not Jamal Adams, Marvin Jones. Why was I Jamal Adams? I've mixed up Jamal Agnew. But anyway, <laughs> we were all hoping Marvin Jones would be this guy, and he's starting to decrease his workload, and we're seeing Agnew a bit. I don't know how excited I can get for a Jacksonville receiver, but he's clearly involved. He's been on the field for over 70% of snaps in the past few weeks, so they like him. They see something in him, so you follow the volume, and it could be something to look out for. And speaking of the volume, Kendrick Bourne had four catches, 98 yards, and touchdown for New England. And Mac Jones is one of his best games of the season so far. He's looking really good. More on him later. But do you have any interest in Kendrick Bourne off a week like this? Yeah, Kendrick Bourne, only 7% rostered. And, you know, we do just have to take a moment and just celebrate Jacoby Myers getting off of the touchdown, (laughs) off the touchdown bubble. Uh, the, the NFL historic leader, I think he had 131 receptions and like 1300 something yards without a touchdown way by far more than anybody else has ever had for those, for those, uh, receptions, but he caught a touchdown from Brian Hoyer, the backup quarterback and got into the end zone for the first time. So congratulations to you, Jacoby. Congratulations, Jacoby. You couldn't have done this on a week I had you in my lineup in the guillotine league. <laughs> I finally made the swap of him out for somebody else when as we get better. And of course, he catches the touchdown and I may be on the brink of getting eliminated based on how things go tonight. So fingers crossed he, he, I'm still he, alive in that league. But, you know, some, some players just really need you to doubt them and then they really come through. No, but uh, for 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 Kendrick Bourne, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, a lot of those touchdowns that we thought should be going to Jacoby Myers have 
gone in bunches to Kendrick Bourne or, or not in bunches, but um, in a couple of these weeks. Um, so, you know, I, I think that what I, I like Kendrick Bourne as, as a spot start this week, uh, because I do think it's a short turnaround. Um, again, he, he went, um, he, he was targeted four times, got four receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown. Um, and he has flashed kind of that, that big playability um, to, um, you know, and, and again, that versatility, I think he had three carries for 43 yards as well in, in week 10. So, um, you know, again, the Atlanta defense is not a, um, is not going to scare anybody away. And if, if I'm, if you buy into the game script that Mac Jones is really clicking and he may actually be the best rookie quarterback this season, as far as just having a rookie, having the best rookie season, uh, then, you got to assume that that he could keep rolling against Atlanta. The only question is, will they need him to? Um, so I, I like Kendrick Bourne as a dart throw uh, just because of the matchup. And again, just because of the the short turnaround. So um, I, I can see the game plan kind of staying similar, especially if Damian Harris doesn't play. Is there anybody else you like for some sort of stash? I know this week's kind of a quiet week for wide receivers. No, Major guys, is there anybody we kind of have missed glancing over who had a great week 10 or is there someone who's had a quiet week, but you're still kind of believing in? Well, yeah. And see, now you're just baiting me into this. I I, I really want to believe yeah. in Russell Gage. I, yeah. I think I again, knew you were going you know, can, can, can this happen? Can it happen twice? It, it really, if you look at Russell Gage, he goes goose egg, decent week, goose egg, decent week. Um, so it's hard to um, gauge pardon the pun exactly where he's going to be. But again, I, you know, I have to think that again, as especially with, with Cordero Patterson potentially out, if he's out, then, you know, one of two things will happen. Either the Atlanta offense will crater again, or some of those targets are going to have to go Russell Gage's way. So I, I, I'm tempted to kind of believe the latter that, um, that just because of the opportunity and because I do think, I, I actually do think that Mac Jones is going to have a good game. I do think the Patriots are going to play well. I think that they've got that hunger and they're ready to uh, make their playoff run for sure. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get screwed by this twice, probably uh, by the Falcons, but I'm going to, I'm going to go in there again and, and say, you know, I, th- I think Russell Gage is a decent dart throw just because of the volume and the opportunity. I wish I had a soundboard for the show so I could play the cricket noise after that gauge pun. That was that was not your best work. That was well, not your best work. I, I I'm wish a dad. I had the soundboard. Fair enough. Fair enough. But so another name that I'm kind of intrigued with is Quez Watkins. Is something is a kind of in a deeper league. A name worth mentioning. He had six targets, four receptions, thirty-three yards. While that doesn't stand out, he was on the field for eighty-nine percent of snaps for mm-hmm. Philadelphia this week. And it's been 89 or more each of the past three weeks. So among the stashes that we you've listed, there are a couple more, but I'm very intrigued with his workload. And the schedule coming up for Philadelphia is salivating. You play the Saints, Giants, Jets, and then you end your season after your bye on Washington, Giants, Washington, Dallas. Those are all matchups you can take advantage of. And it's maybe a more thing of go get your Eagles in a trade, but that's a different show. Quez Watkins is kind of seeing Hertz play better of late. And mm-hmm. Quez Watkins may be the number two receiver in this offense, which I didn't think the number two receiver in Philadelphia would be anything worth writing home about. 
But with that sort of schedule coming up, it's worth stashing and seeing whether the breakout comes. And if you're in desperation mode where you're losing a couple viable wide receivers in fantasy this week, Quez Watkins could be a sneaky name that could, he may be the kind of that guy for the running back position. I can't remember who he said, but Deontay Foreman, he may be the Deontay Foreman of that sneaky under radar name that could win people fantasy titles this year. Yeah. I, Hey, I, I can't, I can't necessarily argue with that. I, 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 th- I think Quez Watkins has shown flashes. I think Jalen Hurts, you know, is coming along and has kind of trusted him from the beginning. I think now maybe we're just seeing that offense, um, you know, be able to support that a little bit. I think it'll be really interesting to see what the offense does when Miles Sanders is back. So, but yeah, hope, hopefully that just brings, uh, brings more opportunities and a little bit more pace to, to the Eagles game anyway. Anybody else that's you want to highlight as a, a deep leak lad or a stash or any, anything else? Oh, you know, I, I, again, these are just stashes or, or desperation plays. Um, but, you know, um, I mean, the, the the Saints receivers are interesting. Marcos Callaway was probably my preferred option there. But even Traquan Smith was getting on the in on the action. Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, um, you know, that, that for me, I kind of had him early on in this list. But um, with Baker Mayfield just hurting, it's it's hard to know exactly what that passing game is going to look like. But then, uh, you know, of course, T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, he's 43% rostered. Um, if he can if he can stay on the field, then he can he can return some some decent value and give you a good floor. But you know, for all those guys, I think they're all kind of either stash worthy or they might they might just be worth more of like a kind of a desperation flex play. Yeah, and one or two names that I want to throw out there is drops for any of these guys. First one we mentioned kind of earlier with Jacksonville. Are you dropping Marvin Jones at this point? He's kind of fallen out in this Jacksonville offense. Is it time to move on from him? Oh, man. Do you think anybody's trading for him? It... No, I think there's so many people who are hating this Jacksonville offense. And, you know, he did get six targets, but only th- the past three weeks, he hasn't gotten more of an eight PPR points. It's just he's starting to fade out in Jacksonville. Lawrence hasn't looked good. And I'm, I'm tired of kind no, of no, waiting for it at this point. So I might, I'm think I'm, I think I'm done with Marvin Jones. I think I'm ready to drop him. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I can't necessarily blame you for it. Um, you know, I, I do like Jacksonville's matchup in, uh, in week 13 or sorry, in week 12 against Atlanta. But again, the question is, are you going to, you know, can you afford to wait? and hold on to that just for that matchup. He may, he may be available for you to pick back up uh, next, next week at this time. So uh, no, I, I would say for both uh, Darnell Mooney and Kadarius Tony, and maybe even Kendrick Bourne, I I'd rather go with, with, with those three than, um, than Marvin Jones at this point. So you uh, may be right. I, I would, I would definitely agree. And then one other name, Cortland Sutton, these past three weeks, he's been pretty absent and now he's going into the bye week. Obviously, Denver's passing game is still intriguing. He's still clearly talented, but past three weeks have been pretty rough for him, and now he's on the bye. Are you ready to move on from Cortland Sutton, or are you still holding him for any of these guys? I'm 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 still holding Cortland Sutton. I think that you know, and, and I also think that he has enough of a name value that you actually could potentially, um, if if you're ready to move on, then I think you could potentially uh, trade him for. Um, you know, either in a package or, or something else, but it, it's, it's hard for me to, um, to necessarily move on from him. But, um, you know, I, I also, 
uh, I like his matchups coming out of the bye as well with the Chargers and then uh, Kansas City and Detroit and the Bengals. So I so I'm I'm actually I, I really want to hold on to Cortland Sutton a little bit longer and just and see what we have. Let's transition over to the tight end position and let you rave about Dan Arnold a little bit more. You said you preferred him to Pat Frymuth last week. You're right. <laughs> and Dan Arnold is uh he continues to get the work. Seven targets last week, five receptions, sixty-seven yards. He's been unbelievable. We just talked about a great matchup in two weeks against Atlanta. He's entered that weekly start category for me for tight end. Am I looking at are you looking at any differently or are you just it's time to just add him and get him off this list? Oh yeah. Yeah. Dan Arnold should definitely be added. He, and again, with, especially with tight ends, you know, you, you try not to chase touchdowns or spike weeks. You try to get ahead of those by chasing the usage. And if you look at Dan Arnold, he's all over the field. He is absolutely their, their, their pass catching tight end. Uh, His last three weeks, he's gotten seven targets, seven targets, 10 targets. Uh, And so he is, he's going to, he should provide you that floor, but with that touchdown potential. And again, with, I mean, again, sometimes a struggling quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback um, struggling and rookie that can be good for tight ends. Um, And so they can be looking for dump offs. They can be that second read if they're in the red zone. So um, love Dan Arnold. He's, um, he he's definitely providing a lot of value for people who got in on him early and there's still time because he's only 26% rostered. And uh, you know, he, he's definitely um, you know, somebody that it, it might be time to move on from the guy you've been waiting to break out and just go get Dan Arnold. Yeah. It's getting that point in the season where, like you said, you've got to move on. Arnold is a clear ad. If I was doing rankings, he'd probably be borderline top, 12 right around the top 12 each week which is startable in pretty much every league so go get him he's getting a lot of work and it's time to time to get him off this list he's become the tim patrick and the rashad bateman for me where i'm done talking about him let's get him off this off the list this week people another tight end with a great week last week was tyler conklin he had two touchdown receptions against charges first two since week three on the field pretty often the vikings offenses looked pretty good this season is Tyler Conklin now someone you want to add going into the next week? Yeah, it, it's funny because Tyler Con- Conklin, actually, his week 10 was kind of the opposite of why I would add him. Uh, because, you know, in, in week 10, uh, he only had three t- uh, he only had three receptions for 11 yards, but two of those did go for touchdowns. And they were crazy, by the way. You should go go check those out. Uh, one of them was, uh, I don't even think the throw, the pass was to him. So, um, but he, he just comes down with touchdowns and, uh, I, I think, you know, they might start looking his way more, but if you look at his last several weeks and, you know, they had their weeks seven by, but counting back from, from this week, you've got five targets, seven targets, seven targets, five targets, three, six, eight, four, four. So he is, he's getting enough targets to be relevant in the tight end landscape. Um, so he, he I, I think that he's, uh, He's another one of those, you know, kind of he's not going to give you a zero, basically, which as a Gasicki manager um, who um, who I was very, very high on uh, Mike Gasicki going into this week, he got me the goose. Uh, so, you know, th- this one hurts uh, it's more acutely than, than normal. But <laughs> Tyler Conklin is not probably going to do that to you. Um, he's, he, he could potentially, I think moving forward, even give a little bit more of those spike weeks. If we can combine the targets and receptions that he's getting along with a score, 
then, you know, he, he could end up being a weak winner for you. So, um, so I really like Tyler Conklin for his floor and his consistency and just for his continued involvement in the offense. Yeah. As someone who just traded for TJ Hawkinson in the league, I know the feeling oh. of the goose egg. It's not, oh. it's not pretty. It's not, it's not fun, but those are the two that I wanted to fully highlight just based off. You have a couple names that are stash is coming off the buy. And one other name that's been on people's radars in the off season, kind of been off. And if you talk about anyone who's on the radar, I know you don't really stash tight ends, but is there anyone who you missed who you think can jump into that top 12 and you want to get on in on now? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, so so to be clear, Dan Arnold and Tyler Conklin are kind of that top, that top tier of of priority ads for tight ends. When you get to that second tier, you know, this is where you know either you're in a deeper league, or um, you know, you you might just be desperate for um, desperate for someone that you know, you hope can kind of hit, um, or you're trying to get ahead of the curve. So, uh, the two, two tight ends coming off, off the by Evan Ingram, of course, you know, he's, he's constantly kind of on this list, hovering around that 30 to 40% rostered mark. Um, and you've got CJ Uzoma who remember it was only a few weeks ago that he was like scoring two touchdowns a week or, you know, uh, five touchdowns in four games and all, all this stuff. Um, so he's an interesting ad. It'd be really interesting to see what Cincinnati's offense does with that. So those are guys that I keep an eye on. And then uh, Adam Troutman, again, you know, back from the preseason, um, uh, Troutman didn't have really, uh, if I pull this up, he didn't really have anything special. Um, he didn't have a week, to, a week 10 to necessarily write home about uh, from a final fantasy score. He only scored 5.7 points in half PPR, but he did get six targets and five receptions for 32 yards. So um, over the last three weeks, that's about what he's averaging, six uh, six targets or so. So I like his involvement. I like that he's kind of uh, getting more of those passes. As Jameis Winston has kind of gone out, um, he seems to be a little bit more uh, more in mind for the passing attack, whether it's with Taysom Hill or uh, Trevor Simeon. So, um, so I, I like him as kind of that second tier potential. He's only 5% roster, so he's definitely available in your league. Um, and he could potentially, you know, give start start providing a little bit more of that floor if we see him get more involved. Yeah, someone who's very interested in trying to get him in my dynasty leagues this offseason. Was unlucky, but maybe I'll send out some buy low offers, see if I can get back in on that. I do like the interest in Ab Trauman. That's six or more targets is interested, interesting. And for tight end, that's all you really need to be viable. That's it's one of those positions that you don't need that. So I'm very interested in that as well. And for the drops, it's just real quick. You said you got your goose egg from Mike Gesicki. Are you moving on from him for a guy like Dan Arnold or Conklin? No, no. I, you know, I, I, and I, I think that it Gesicki's been solid. And I think that this this game, you know, not having to attack of Iloa but under center, I think that um, he'll bounce back. I still like him as kind of that mid tight end one range. Um, nothing against you, Dan Arnold. You're probably going to prove me wrong in week 11. But um, but I, I still think Gasicki is kind of locked in as, as that. I mean, same with TJ Hawkinson. You know, I mean, the the good thing about somebody like Gasicki or TJ Hawkinson is yes, there's the risk like any other tight end to give you the zero, but somebody like Hawkinson and, and even Gasicki to a lesser extent can absolutely win you a week and they can end up being the, the top targeted play on player on their team. So 
Um, even, you know, with, with Tyler Conklin, you know, he's still going to be taking a back seat to players like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen and, um, Dalvin cook, obviously. And similarly to, uh, you know, Dan Arnold might actually be slightly above that because who knows what's going to happen in Jacksonville. But, um, yeah, so long answer to say, no, I'm, I, I'm still sticking with Gasicki. Fair enough. On to the quarterback streamers. There's some interesting ones. You're going to have to replace Matthew Stafford. So you're going to need one of these guys potentially. So here's a few names to keep in mind. And to start off, it's everyone's favorite guy. And I think you've heard this once or twice in the past couple days. He's back. Cam Newton. He sounds like he's going to be taking over for Carolina. He tops your list of streamers. AJ, talk wonderfully about Cam Newton for me, please. I don't want to. Um <laughs> <laughs> and as All an right, SEC guy, as an SEC guy, Cam, Cam Newton's hurt me plenty of times, and as a Falcons fan, uh, the same. So, um, but you know, I mean, the the fact is that you know he's being handed the starting job in, an, in on a team that he's played for before. Obviously, Ron Rivera is not there anymore, but he's going to be across on the other sideline on Sunday. So, I don't know if you'd call it a revenge game or a reunion or whatever, but. Um, I can tell you what it is called, and that's Cam Newton vulturing goal line touches. So uh, just just the the sheer potential for uh, for rushing touchdowns for a quarterback is enough to typically get me on board. So I don't think it's going to be pretty for me. It's um, I don't want to watch the Panthers, but I'll check the box score after the game and see what Cam Newton did. Yeah, he got 13 points in half PPR just based off the couple snaps he got for his touchdown run at the yeah. goal line. We know volume is king in football. If you can find a quarterback who runs, that's glorious, and Newton's going to do that. So he would be a top of my list. Is he, the, is he the top guy on your list as well for quarterback streamers this week, or is there anybody, someone else who's right there? He's he's right up there. I mean, I, I, I'm going to add, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I trust him yet, uh, but Justin Fields, again, I mean, like you said, you know, being able to, to bring that rushing potential it's just such a value to have some running back score running back points with your quarterback. So, you know, in, in, in the last several games, I mean, th- this is, um, I think, uh, he ran for right, right before the bye. he, uh, Justin Fields ran for 45 yards in, in week nine. So that just that sort of a thing, there's always the potential for a rushing touchdown. So I do like, um, I do like his potential there. I do think that there could be a little bit of a, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. Let's see who can run more. Uh, at least that. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I, I, I think that just the potential there this week with Justin Fields, uh, the the running ability and potentially with with the whole offense, maybe, maybe, maybe starting to show signs of at least a little bit of life and with Fields playing a little better. Um, I, I like him, but I might I have to give the nod to unbelievably Cam Newton in that one. You know of Matt Nagy. What you want is fun rushing game, let fields loose. What you're going to get, eh, maybe 200 yards. But no, it's a good matchup for fields to take advantage of. Coming off the bye, you wonder if he'll air it out a bit more. Uh, if it's a good matchup, uh, I'm interested to see. Any other streamers that are worth mentioning at, the, at this position? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, well, we just got word that, that Tua Tagovailoa is going to play uh, in, in week 11. And so, um, you know, the... The matchup in, in week 11 for them is against the Jets. And again, anytime you're going against the Jets, that's always an opportunity to stream. Um, and then Mac Jones, Thursday, again, short week, uh, which I think actually benefits the Patriots um, to kind of keep rolling against the Falcons. 
um, if Mac Jones can um, can put it together again. I don't think he has necessarily the ceiling of some of these other guys like Justin Fields or Cam Newton because he's not running. But he, you know, he could get you that solid 19, 20 points that you need with a great game. Yeah, tune into our start sit show later in the week. I'm very curious whether Eric and the guys will have any of these streamers over some struggling quarterback, like say a Justin Herbert this week. So very interesting. Oof. I think this week is one of the more exciting, interesting weeks from your streamers. I think these four matchups are all good ones to take advantage of. Last week we kind of had a rough go at it where we're telling you to go get guys like Garoppolo and Teddy Bridgewater. That didn't exactly work out. We'll see how uh, Garoppolo does on Monday night, but. I'm not expecting great things. And Heineke looked fine, but we can't really claim many huge wins for streamers. But this week, I like all four of these guys very much. I think you can have a lot of a lot of good fantasy upside through that. And finally, we'll transition over to the defenses. The Rams are a good defense. You're going to need to replace them. But there's some good matchups to stream against, as always. So, AJ, take it away. Where are you looking at defense this week? Uh, first place I'm looking at is Miami, and again, th- these are all these are all defenses that are available in more than 50% of of leagues. So Miami is 26% rostered, and stop me if you've heard this before, but they're playing the Jets. So um, they're also Miami's coming off a couple of fantastic weeks too against Houston and Baltimore. Um, so they're coming off back to back weeks, you know, where they've had multiple. Um, multiple turnovers. They had a touchdown in, uh, a, a touchdown in week ten, so um, they're they're kind of flying high and they're coming right into the Jets, who should have Zach Wilson back, which has proven to be not too bad for defenses. Um, so I like Miami. I think uh, San Francisco against Jacksonville is another uh, is another good option. Uh, just again this week, Jacksonville gave up another touchdown to to an opposing defense in Indianapolis. Um, and then finally, Carolina against Washington. Uh, the Carolina defense is good, and you know, if especially if they have a little bit more balance in their offense, a little bit more from Cam Newton, um, then you know, I, I think that only helps them. And they're going up against Washington, who, you know, Taylor Heineke will commit turnovers. Um, and I, I think actually Washington has um, is right at the top of the right at the top of the list for. Uh, friendly to opposing defenses. So, um, so I like those three again, those are all, those all should be available at least in 50, 60, 70% of your league. So Carolina versus Washington, San Francisco at Jacksonville and Miami at the jets. I love those matchups and I'll add one more. If you're desperate, if you're in a very deep league and I can't believe I'm doing this, the chargers have the Steelers this week. If Mason (laughs) Rudolph is quarterbacking for the Steelers, I might want to take advantage of that because Mason Rudolph is not very good. Ben Roethlisberger, we don't know if he'll be available. It sounds like he might not. He is symptomatic, so we'll see how these tests go. But if Mason Rudolph starts another week, it's not going to be pretty. So if you are in a deep league and need a defense, the Chargers aren't going to be a bad matchup for you. But I like all these ones more than the Chargers. But if you can't get any of these for some reason, the Chargers are another name to throw out there. And I can't believe... I'm, I'm so proud of you. Steelers. Thank I'm, you. I'm proud I've, of you, Callan. That's, that, that's big, you are an official analyst now. <laughs> yeah, it'll, Tying to the Lions takes out all homerism I can possibly have. So, yeah, take advantage. of. But, no, I, I, it's a good matchup with Rudolph at quarterback. And when you tie against the Lions, any defense might be good when you're facing Mason Rudolph. So, as always, we'll wrap up the show with our priorities at each position in case you missed throughout this podcast. So starting with the running backs, AJ, rank them one through three. Where are you looking at at running back? For week 11 specifically, 
I like, uh, I would go Ramondre Stevenson, then Donta Foreman. And then I want to say Jeff Wilson Jr., but I would say go go check and see what happens on Monday night. You you may find a better spot start in someone like, you know, Jordan Howard or Wayne Gallman for week 11. I'll go the same top two, so Ramondre Stevenson, DeAndre For- Deontay Foreman. I'll throw Eno, Eno Benjamin at three just as a stash with that high-powered Cardinals offense. It didn't show it in week 10, but we know how good this Arizona offense is. And they could get Kyler Murray maybe back. So if you could stash Eno Benjamin, I'd be good at that. So it's it's Benjamin or Wilson in terms of stash, depending on how Wilson does on Monday Night Football. If he is involved, then Wilson would take, take that spot. But if they ease him in, I'd rather just take a chance on Benjamin. So over at wide receivers, where how are you prioritizing this position? You know what? You won me over. I'm going to put Mooney at the top now just because, no, you're you're right. He's, um, you you look at the guy who's probably going to get more guaranteed volume. And that to me is Darnell Mooney. Um, Unless something changes out of the bye, but he's operating as their wide receiver one. So uh, I'm going to go Darnell Mooney and then Kadarius Tony. And then I'm going to go Kendrick Bourne for this week. Yep. Repeat for me. I like those. And for the deeper leagues where I'm still very high on Quez Watkins, if you can get him right behind those guys, absolutely. If you can stash someone, I love that as well. But I, I agree if you're top three tight ends, we're not even going to do. We know we get go get Dan Arnold and don't bother for anybody else. But Tyler Conklin's a very close second. But Dan Arnold is a, for sure one for me. And there's a little bit more of a gap between the two than probably are for you. My I, I wrong or? No, yeah, I, I I I agree. I think I think again, Conklin is a good safe, a good safe bet when you for those who have been hurt before. I don't want to be hurt again, uh, but but Arnold is the preferred pick for sure. Yeah, and then quarterbacks. We've said there's four great streamers this week, but just remind us. We'll do the top two because there may be someone you want to replace with a, strugg- a struggling quarterback with. So who would be your two favorites for sh- quarterbacks to stream this week? Well, there's definitely risk, but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the risky, for the high risk, high reward with with Cam Newton and Justin Fields. I'll go Newton. And I'll put Tua at two. I I love the matchup against the Jets. He looked pretty solid actually when taking over for Brissett on Thursday night against Baltimore. You play the Jets and it's gonna be good good stuff for you. So I'll put Tua ahead of Fields, but good matchups for Fields and Jones as well. That's gonna wrap up the Week Eleven Waiver Wire podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for. AJ's article that'll come out pretty soon after you listen to this podcast on Tuesday to suffice these players to go a little more in depth and tell you why we should pick up these players. AJ, anything else you want to add? Do you want to talk poetic about your car or uh, Falcons on before Thursday or no, let's move on. Oh, it, 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 it's more of a tragedy than a poem or anything else, but good, good luck Falcons. I'm, I'm with you to the end. Yes, and good luck to all our listeners in their Week 11 waiver bids and their Week 11 matchups. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to the